The year is 1965. You've all been hired by a company called Mars Corp. For some of you, this may be the first time you've accepted a job like this, but for others, well, you know how these things work. You were given a good sum of cash up front with promise of more cash and more information once you've reached the job site. You found yourselves traveling by a private plane, which many of you had never gone before, and you were surprised to discover you had been brought to a very small island just off the coast of Africa. Currently, you each find yourselves riding to the dig site via a 63 Lincoln limousine that picked you up from the private airport the company had set up on the island. To the public eye, Mars Corp is a company that is happily involved with international travels. They promote safe tourism and they rent out private limousines and, and safe, sometimes guarded, places to sleep for the right price. Below the surface, however, they are known to be involved in some cash-only jobs that may not do things up to code or by entirely legal procedures. You only know this, of course, because you've accepted the first stack of cash. I am going to attempt to describe this vehicle to the audience. This limousine only has two real seats. There is a very small back seat as well, um, but on the on both sides of the car, there are ledges for people to stand on with bars to hold on to. And on the back of the car, there's almost like a bike handle sort of situation for people to hold on to as well. So the majority of the passengers of this car are standing and holding on to bars currently. We have the driver who has not said really anything since just announcing Mars Corp to pick you up at the airport, is in the driver's seat, in the passenger seat, um, Adam, do you want to describe your character? Yes, uh, you see a, a 58-year-old man uh, by the name of Lord Reginald Montgomery Margrave. He has, uh, has a leathery face about him, uh, uh, a lot of uh, very tan. He has a, a very large, bushy mu uh, white mustache uh, that's very well kept, and he's wearing very typical safari gear. Um, he has a, a monocle that he's uh, probably not using at the moment, but he is taking out a pipe. Um, and he's uh, sort of leaning back uh, towards uh, uh, his, his valet, uh, Mr. Hobson. Would Mr. Hobson be in the back uh, seat or something? Okay. Yes, so, correct, yeah. Uh, sort of leans back and be like, uh, Mr. Hobson alight, if you don't mind. Um, and uh, he's just sort of like looking around at the other people around. He's like, well... Hasn't been as this crowded in a car I've ever been in for for decades. Last time I was in Africa. <laughs> well, well, yes. <laughs> uh, good country, good country. Panning out, you see the two people hanging on to the sides, um, a little less relaxed, uh, hanging on to the side of this vehicle here. Um, uh, Caleb, do you want to introduce your character? Dr. Sanford Clark is hanging off the right-hand side. He looks uh, disappointed by his place in this limousine. Uh, he does not clearly take joy in the fact that he's hanging off the side of a moving vehicle after being paid 
such sums of money. Um, but he's a younger gentleman for his station. He's 36. Uh, he is uh, a blonde, a uh, stark blonde, with short cropped parted hair that has been palmated back uh, into a, a tight cut with a very sparse uh, five o'clock shadow from someone who shaves daily but can't quite fight away the, uh, the facial hair. He dresses well, but for the climate of Africa, it's clear that he's at least aware of the weather. He's been here before, uh, it seems, in the way that he dresses. Um, casual in a way that promotes the weather, but business enough that it promotes his station. Um, and <laughs> traditionally, he would have been looking over the notes he had written of this locale, of the culture, of everything involved. But being that he is hanging off the side of a moving vehicle, he is just trying to keep himself grounded, and he's grumbling to himself over the, over the state of things. Um, and he is giving decidedly a look at this very almost caricature-like uh, a pith-helmeted gentleman in the front with his valet. Sort of side glancing as as someone who's been here as well, just interested in this sort of character. I feel like uh, uh, Monty sort of turns towards the doctor and be like, "Ah, oh, you look nervous, boy. Never hung off the side of a Cadillac before." <laughs> no, no, decidedly, this is my first time. Do you have any tips, Mister Margrave? Ah, definitely. Hold on tight. <laughs> That'd be the one. <laughs> oh, of course. I hadn't thought of that, and he just sort of struggles on a little harder. All part of the adventure! <laughs> good lad, good lad. Yes, of course. And then panning over uh, to the other person hanging off the side of this, uh, Bob, do you want to describe your character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Nick Donald McKay is uh, hanging on the other side. He's a little more athletic, so he's not as worried as falling off the, uh, off the, the side of this um, limousine. He's calm. He's kind of cool about the whole situation he's been to dig sites before so he knows how he should have dressed he's he's sort of in you know like a, a dungaree shirt uh, some jeans um he is uh just he's more interested in what they're about to find than anything that's going on on the on the actual limousine right now um he's a little bit younger than uh the other counterpart uh, caleb's character um, but he's a graduate student, and uh, he's he is major. He's a graduate to be a doctor in uh, archaeology. So he's uh, he's just at this dig site, you know, trying to figure out what he's gonna discover or find. All right, and then we kind of pan to the back. Uh, this bar is a little bit higher than would be. Uh, super comfortable, so you're just kind of like clutching onto this bar for dear life. <laughs> um, let's see who goes first. Uh, v, you want to go first? Absolutely. So I'm Arabella Earhart. I am a children's author, but I'm also a, a, a well-known uh, pilot. So it, it's really quite strange that on the, the way to the airport, they didn't let me man the controls. It seems Silly, um, but but no matter, no matter. I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of time uh, to fly things later, of course. Um, Arabella is quite small, so she's almost like doing like a flexed arm hang on this bar above her head um, because she kind of has to be on tippy toes in order to keep 
a good grip on it. And even in the the hot heat, um, she is still wearing these very tall leather aviator boots that go over her knees. She's still wearing the, the leather cap and her goggles, probably hoping that someone, one of her readers, um, one of her adoring teenage tween readers um, will recognize her from her stories and will stop to ask her questions. All right, and then uh, directly beside her, uh, Ty, you want to introduce your character? Yeah. Um, in comparison to all the other characters that look fairly prepared for this sort of <laughs> adventure and travel, you would then see uh, Iris Belrose, uh blonde hair, big hat that one hand is like just keeping the hat held down on their head the other is holding the bar and they I imagine they're more upset that their hair is going to be a bit messed up rather than where she is riding um but she is like there is money to be made and that's that's worth it she's like just think of the money like this is what uh, Arabella would probably be able to hear her saying under her breath, just, just think of the money. <laughs> the ride has been fairly conversation-free so far, only because most of you are concentrating on holding on. Uh, it's not going like incredibly fast or anything, but it's probably not the most comfortable ride. Um, especially being in a place that doesn't exactly have roads. Uh, it gets a little bumpy at times. Um, but you've all caught each other, kind of giving various looks, just kind of figure, feeling each other out for kind of like who each other might be. Um, so you've been able to pick up those slight details or, or descriptions in just in the car here. Uh, the driver is quiet. Uh, he wears a bowler hat and has a handlebar mustache. He hasn't said a word to you after picking you up, but after about maybe 20 minutes drive down the coast of this island, what feels like the longest, like two hours of your life was just about 20 minutes or so. Um, the driver stops and sits and just waits for you to get out of the vehicle. Doesn't say anything, still just staring straight ahead. Well. It seems to be the location then, sir? Turn towards him. He, uh, he just kind of gives a little nod. Mm. Um, well then, Mr. Hobson, let's go! <laughs> and I sort of uh, open the door and uh, stick, uh, he has a cane that he has that has like, what looks like to be like the eye of an animal in like the resin of the top of the cane sort of gets out. Um, and uh, I guess with his valet, Mr. Hobson, who probably has a very large bag that's like a, like a camping hunting bag that he has that he's carrying uh, for uh, uh, Monty, who I just sort of get out of the car. Uh, you, depending on the players, I suppose, you might get a couple dirty looks because that big bag was picking up the other place yeah. on that back seat that somebody could have sat in. Um, <laughs> and uh, once you're all kind of stepping off of this car, the, the <sighs> large back portion of this vehicle that would be a normal back seat, uh, the driver goes and opens up and begins pulling out your bags, um, everyone's bags. Uh, you. 
he just kind of he doesn't sort them it's like he doesn't know whose bag is who it's just kind of like uh he's just grabbing them and just kind of piling them on the ground for you to pick up um how many how many bags did your characters bring do you have a lot of gear do you probably just have one bag what would you say uh, i know for dr clark i have one bag um i i've practiced myself for a long time in traveling light for these digs um, because bringing too much onto a site just gets you into more trouble than you could ask. And it's definitely a situation where I hop off quickly to go around to the back to assist the driver in taking those bags out. Halfway being uh, mannerful and nice to this man and the other half being territorial over that bag of mine uh, that I immediately pull to myself and, and set off to the side so that you know, I, I can ensure that it wasn't tampered with. Arabella definitely just brings one bag, but it's quite large. It looks a bit like a parachute bag, and it's almost as big as, as she is, but she kind of shrugs into it very quickly and kind of straightens her spine and turns to the, the driver with the, must, the handlebar mustache and says, you know, you're, you're quite a, a confident driver, but there was quite a bit of turbulence on the back of the car. Um, do you mind um, telling me where you, where you learned to drive? Was it here? Make a make a persuasion roll. A little yeah, bit persuade. of advice never hurt anyone, Mr. Driver. I do believe she might be correct. Yeah, no, that's that's a hilariously bad roll. It's not oh. it's it's not the worst, but it's pretty bad. He um looks at you, his face does not no muscles move, and he just turns, gets back into the car, and with all of your bags gone, just drives away. Uh, kind of drives away a little faster than he needed to, too, and a little bit of dust kind of, like, kicks up, and you're kind of, like, <laughs> just pushing it away. Well, I have to say, you're already making friends. Yes, isn't isn't he lovely? Yeah. <laughs> you can see a bit of, like, the, basically, front face of this operation. Um... <laughs> You see two very large tents uh, with a bunch of smaller tents kind of around them. Uh, you see many tables. You see a very large, like, center, uh, like, cooking fire of some sort. Um, it seems to be quite a large operation. Um, you see many people walking around. Uh, there seem to be military. Um, they seem relaxed. Uh, most of them are just walking around in almost like half uniform sort of thing, mostly because of the heat. Um, a lot of them have just shed their jackets. They don't seem to be like official military, more like a purchased um, mercenary group, in a sense, yeah. Do they look local or do they look foreign, brought in? They look foreign. Um, okay. They they definitely look like they are from the States. Okay, even yeah. better, um, Americans. Yeah, great, <laughs> well, love Americans. Um. <laughs> well, this seems to be the direction, I'm assuming. Uh, Hobson, let's all head out that way, would you say? Uh, I, I was wondering, Mr. Margrave, if we couldn't make all our acquaintance first. Uh, I, I don't know that I've met everyone here. 
Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, as you all know, I'm Lord Reginald Montgomery Margrave, a bit of a big game hunter, <laughs> a sort of entrepreneur, as it were. Uh, but I don't believe I've made the acquaintance of everyone else yet. You know what? Your appearance did not give you away at all, Mr. Margrave. Ah, yes. I'm an elusive one at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name's Dr. Sanford Clark. You may have heard of me, you may have not. Uh, but I've been brought in for my archaeology degree here on this dig site. Ah, uh, I'm uh, Nick Donald McKay, uh, archaeology student, working on my doctorate as well. Interesting. Uh, where Where do you hail from? Where are you getting your degree, sir? Uh, just uh, in Baltimore, U University of Maryland. Baltimore. Yes. Very good. Some students, I believe. That's good. Good. <laughs> right. Hey, you ladies. Pulling out a like from the the luggage, there's like it's like one of those uh, old leather briefcases, but it's like got like gold clasps on it. She like pulls it out and she's just like dragging it, <laughs> and she is not strong. And she gets like sees that you know, hears that, and she's like, oh, I am. Elris Belrose. Pleasure is all yours, I assume. Yes, very much so. Uh, would, uh, Lady Belrose, would you care for Mr. Hobson here to help with your bags? Ye yes, of course. Uh, please, point. Hobson, would you? Yeah, Hobson, like, has your bags and is like, uh. <laughs> and she just, like, like, fumbling to pick up puts the other it on one. top. And she like opens, like she has like pulls out a, a little purse and, and like pulls out some money and and just <laughs> oh, no, puts no, no, it no, on no. top of their of of the stuff or wherever there's an open pocket on their shirt maybe and just like thank you you always gotta remember to tip the help. I think throughout yeah. this exchange, Arabella's kind of been like bouncing on the balls of her feet a little bit, like waiting to introduce herself very, very excitedly. Um, and when there's a, a lull in the conversation, she looks at everyone and says, oh, me, I'm Arabella Earhart, aviatrix and lady adventurer, and also author. You might've read my most recent adventure book, Argonauts of the Ice. All of, all of my books kind of, well, any, anyway. Um, have you read it? Uh, can, can I roll something to see if I've read it? or something uh sure do you want to roll what would you prefer to roll for that oh, like I... there's library use spot or... hidden uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that, i'll if let that's you fine. pick library okay. use or luck okay um i'll uh i'll do i'll do, I'll do luck uh if that's all right Great. can i roll for that as well carrie sure yeah anybody that okay. wants to library use or luck uh normal success just barely. <laughs> okay, yeah. I skimmed it. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, on luck. <laughs> I have a 12 under but, 30, so I have read through a little. Yeah, what, what what's like the, the, the genre of the, the book? Or... So it's the, the genre that 
Arabella writes in is very much like teen to tween adventure stories where her character <laughs> Arabella Earhart goes on these wonderful adventures. And this one, Argonauts Amazing. of the Ice, claims that I claim that I found the Franklin expedition up north. So that that is the gist of the story. It's like a teen girl, um, Nancy Drew-esque, but a little bit more adventure. Ah, uh, yes, I do believe I've heard of the... I, I believe I might have read that one, actually. <laughs> very, very interesting. I noticed a lot of the the details in the expedition were very, very good. Very, very good details. Very close to reality, which I feel some of those other books, they just don't quite get it right. But that's just, just fascinating to meet the author of that. Just wonderful work, wonderful work. Do you find yourself reading young adult novels, uh, uh... Often, Mr. Margrave. Well, I do have a lot of free time, so I, I dabble here and there. Yes. <laughs> How about yourself, uh, Dr. Clark? Uh, I have a niece who's very fond of the books. Um, mm. I always found them interesting, and to see you playing your own character is, uh, well, that's even more interesting. It's oh, good yes. to meet you. She, she's not a character, she's me. I am her. Oh, an experienced adventurer then. Ah, good. I always yes, took your absolutely. books for fiction, are they not? I, I, I think sometimes the line between fact and, and reality gets blurred, but that's, that's <laughs> part of life, is it not, Dr. Clark? As a part of my profession... The interpretation. Well, there is interpretation and then there's science, my dear. Everything I do strikes the line between. I have no place for haziness. I apologize if that runs in the face of what you're doing. Well, we'll definitely find fact if fact is fact today, won't we? How about yourselves, uh, Lady Bellrose? What is it that you do? Ah, uh, well, normally I would be at home practicing my sword play, uh, ah. but or or the piano, but. Uh, seeing as my father is ill and cannot come on this invitation, I said I am coming. As to what I do, I, well, uh, well, what I will will be doing soon is running the family company. As of right now, I'm here. Ah, family company. What? What exact? What? Uh, what company is that? I own many stakes in many... That's one of the reasons why I'm here, actually. I own a couple of stakes in Mars Corporation, so I <laughs> fiddled a little bit with the upper management to pull some strings, as it were. So, uh, I see. What is it your company? You don't mind me. A powerful me. person, I see. Oh, no, no. It's all, it's all for fun, really. Oh, <laughs> well, As for what my family uh, does... The export-import business is what mm. they get into. I see. Sufficiently wink, wink, vague. A <laughs> uh, little bit of a mystery, then, eh? Well, I have two mysteries yes. to solve, <laughs> however long we're going to be here. <laughs> At this point, you are approached. Um, yeah. Someone begins heading in your direction. Uh, he's dressed in... Um, the you know army greens and uh as he comes up you see a sidearm on one hip and some sort of knife strapped to the other uh buzz cut hair uh whatever is on top is slicked back um tall wide shoulders clean shaven looks to be 
in his late 50s, early 60s, and he approaches and reaches out immediately to shake the first person's hand and introduce, him, introduce himself. And uh, he says, Captain O'Leary, glad to see you finally made it in, all right? And just goes to shake everyone's hands. Uh, to my understanding, you'll need to be briefed on what exactly we're doing here. Is that correct? All right, uh, just head over to tent, uh, tent Alpha. And he just points to with the tent on the left. Um, Mars is expecting you. And he... Captain O'Leary it was? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, it need any help with your bags? Oh, no, I'm sure Mr. Hobson has it handled. <laughs> if you could assist Miss Bellrose, uh, I think that'd be great. She does have a bag off the valet there. You said Mars is here? Uh, yes, Mars is uh, in charge of this operation. Interesting. Okay. And then he just immediately moves to um, start collecting any remaining bags to help bring them closer to the site. Um, what would you like to do? I'd definitely like to go to that tent uh, myself. Uh, any, everyone else? Yeah, I'm uh, all for it. Nick is interested in going. All right, uh, heading toward the tent. Um, they're just very large, like very, very tall A-frame tents. Um, and the front of them are just kind of pulled open like a like a curtain kind of, um, and kind of tied open on the sides there. Walking in, uh, you see a man standing with his arms behind his back, sort of at attention, looking, facing away from you, looking down at the center of the table. Uh, his back is, is to you. He just seems to be looking down. Do I know Miss? Have I met Mr. Mars since I own like some steak? No. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Nick is just gonna clear his throat pretty loudly. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you clear your throat, and immediately this man jumps as if startled, turns to face you, and his hand immediately moves down to his gun, beginning to draw it. And then you see another arm reach over, and kind of. Stop him from doing so. Oh, uh, keep your wits about you, son. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see a woman kind of step into view, holding on to um, his arm, and he looks. In an instant, his face goes from fear to like disappointment in I'm himself. And definitely is, sharing a glance with the others. Like immediately, that is off. I'm trying to yeah. see if everyone else picked up on that. I yeah, definitely looks... picked up on it. Parkway's yeah. mostly excited. <laughs> yeah, Mark... <laughs> Just like, having... oh, oh, have some fun already then. <laughs> uh, you you see her take the gun from him, and he doesn't speak. He just nods and then moves around you to walk to the tent exit. He just swiftly leaves, uh, just looking down, avoiding eye contact with all of you. And uh, the woman that has the gun... Um, she says, I'm sorry about that. Private Matthews just returned a few hours ago. I was still trying to figure out what went on down there. Uh, one, one moment. And then she shouts, Sergeant Connors! And you kind of turn around and you see uh, a man hurries over, young, like mid-twenties. Uh, he says, yes, ma'am. And she says, I want Private Matthews under 24-hour watch. And he's stripped of his army armory access. Inform Captain O'Leary of this, please. And uh, Connors nods, uh, yeah, yes, ma'am. And he heads off to follow her orders. Excuse her... me, that, that man just came from the dig site? 
with this, her attention turns directly to uh, Dr. Sanford and you see her as she's looking you in the eyes, not even looking at the gun, she's disassembling the gun. And um, <laughs> uh, she's maybe mid thirties in age, black hair, a little just like naturally curly. Um, you can tell just by the hairs kind of popping out of the bun that's pulled back. Maybe it was a neat bun at the beginning of the day. Um, she wears clothing fit for exploration and her green eyes look to all of you as she finally puts the gun down and comes over to shake the doctor's hand first. Uh, Nicole Mars, uh, pleasure to finally meet you all. I hope you had a fine trip here, no troubles. Absolutely, Miss Mars. No trouble whatsoever. Thank you for the accommodations. The limousine was, um, and I'll look to the others, uh, incredible. Thank you. Very comfortable. Have to shame myself. Um, she nods, but you can tell she probably has no idea what you're talking about. Um, like, she's, she's like, yeah, a car was sent. Uh, that's, that's the extent of her knowledge. Um, she looks over uh, at the man in the corner that you're just kind of realizing is there for the first time. Um, and she just kind of nods to the door and uh, the man nods and steps out and closes the tent to give you all some privacy. Um, and then Mars says, please uh, sit, we'll talk. Um, can I offer you something to drink? Coffee, tea, water. Coffee is fine, but has something gone wrong? And you see her kind of turning, putting drinks out for anyone that wants them. First of all, I assume you know by now that Mars Corp isn't only what it appears to be to the public. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very, uh, as such, as most businesses are, they aren't exactly what they always appear to be. Wow. Is that what most businesses are, Miss Markgrave? I wasn't well, aware. Is this insider information I should take back to the States? What was that you were talking about, uh, Miss Mars? I... While promoting safe travels, we also ensure safe travels by taking care of any threats or odd happenings in the areas that we're traveling to. These vacations that we protect the rich on, the rich are funding our exploration. It's a, it's a partnership. We provide the protection. We do not lie. We promote safe travels. But we investigate cults, black magic, anything odd or unexplainable. <laughs> we investigate it and we shut it down, whatever it is. She pauses and you see her studying each individual face to see your reactions to this. What would you say your character's reaction is? Uh, Monty uh, looks uh, rather amused at this. Uh, I, I don't think he's sitting. I think he's probably actually walking around the, the room with his hand behind his back, like looking at stuff, uh, just kind of like inspecting and appraising things. Uh, probably looking at that table uh, that uh, the, the guy, the dude before was looking at. Uh, Nick McKay probably had heard something about this before. Um, 
part of his archaeology studies deals with uh, what could be ancient occult uh, information. Like he's sort of in that vein for his thesis, sort of delving into archaeology and occult sort of things. Not too much into it, but he knows and he's read some things. Um, uh, So if she says something like that it sort of piques his interest about what he's so he definitely find. yeah he definitely seems like legitimately interested then yeah. like he's listening okay sandy seems upset at first he came here thinking that this was an organization that thought the way he did was that this occult nonsense is a fad that people are clinging to whenever things are scary and now he's realizing that they're heavily seated into the other side and so it is very much like a, oh God, another one of these. I was paid to come out here to be convinced into another uh, belief. And he's making that incredibly apparent. He's more for the coffee now than he is whatever the fuck this is. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, Iris is, uh, you know, the, when the talk about, you know, the the rich funding, the, the stuff, she, she's just like, she's like, yeah. Yeah. And um, when she hears about the occult, she's like, she doesn't seem very phased by it. If anything, while listening, she's kind of like looking at her nails. <laughs> she's just like, she's like, okay. She's like, yes, yes. As soon as Mars starts talking about all of the, the strange goings on that they take care of, Arabella takes out a little notebook from her pocket with a tiny little pencil and just starts writing things down like oh dark magic oh that that's that's really good that's really good that's like ah. a great chapter and just every time you say something new and exciting just like jots it down at this point too looking over everyone's faces to kind of gauge the room basically um mars doesn't seem phased by anyone's reaction to this uh but her eyes do stop on iris and she looks confused for a moment, and she says, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh, yes, I am, uh, I am from the Belrose family. My father, Yule Belrose, was unable to attend due to his health, and I am here in his stead, Iris Cephalia Belrose. Pleasure to meet you. Do you share the same interests? same well i am here making sure that my family's money is being well spent (laughs) she she looks like a mixture of like surprised like the audacity but also like not surprised like of course you said that there's this weird like fight of emotions um one must protect their investments, Miss Mars. <laughs> right. <laughs> what an investment this is, huh? Um, and uh, Margrave, Mr. Margrave, you were looking at the table that in the center, correct? Yeah. So you see, um, there are a few different items on there, but what really catches your attention is there seems to be a work in progress of a map of some hmm. sort. It almost looks like... Um, it looks like someone is beginning to map a cave. I sort of like gesture with my pipe at the table. So, I'm assuming this has to deal with this cave system. 
as I'm like pointing down at the table. There's some sort of problems, I'm assuming? About nine months ago, January 12th, and she kind of looks around to look at some files. The entirety of the Boston Police Department were found handcuffed to their own desks, all dead from a heart attack. Carved into their desks with their own fingernails and blood were numbers and symbols. Symbols that eventually got a corporation like us called in and numbers that we eventually deciphered as coordinates. Two months ago, when we arrived here, we found the mouth of a cave. The first group we sent in never came out. We've sent two more groups since then. One came back with nothing to report and the other, well, you saw Private Matthews. He was the only one in his group to return. There is something down there and I need capable hands. And she's kind of eyeing the room again, like uncertain if this group is in fact capable hands to help find some answers. Now, if you would like to decline after hearing this, that's no problem. Mars Corp will simply bill you for the payment made up front and have you sign a confidentiality agreement to be sure we keep our name out of any reporter's publications. What do you say? Well, there's a lot to take in, Miss Mars, I will say that. However, I did hear word, something that brought me here was uh, some sort of uh, tale of perhaps a beast or something like that. There are many Mines. speculations of what might be down there. Have there been okay. any reports, anything like that? I was trying to get something out of Matthews, but he's a little Matthews. jumpy at the moment. Well, I'll have to you, talk to that man. You flew us into Africa on a stack of cash to chase the Sasquatch through some tunnels? Well, Dr. Clark, um, I think that is for you to decide, to deduce, to disprove. Trust me, disproving the unnatural is far easier than uncovering. Uh, you we said better the... find something. <laughs> You or said I'll be that pulling my family's funds away from this operation. You hope that there's something. Miss Mars, you said that the policeman had symbols along with these numbers. Uh, do you know? Do you have any? You know, uh, anything I can look at with those symbols? At that, she plops the file down in the center of the table. Uh, kind of plops it to where it's opened up, and you see a few like different photographs of close up of these symbols. Um, you can make an occult roll if you'd like. Sure. Sort of look at it like, oh, it's all poppycock, right? Yeah. <laughs> so with these uh, groups going missing, no bodies have been recovered. Uh, the first group, uh, anything, any markings, injuries from the third group or nothing like that? As far as I can tell, Mr. M Matthews looks physically fine. Just scared. 
says he fell, says his his lamp broke and he was stranded in the dark before he could climb his way out. You're more than welcome to talk with him in the morning. I do not want anyone seeing him tonight. Not after. Mr. McKay, you're a graduate student, yes? Yes. Do you see anything in those symbols? Anything related to local culture, to everything of the Africas, anything? It's nothing I've seen in my books or, or studies. Do you mind as professional curiosity as though I do not believe whatever creature rumors you're putting down in these caves, we might as well start debunking what they have now, if you don't mind. And I'll, I'll take the symbols and I'll, I'll take a look myself. It, it was in a occult role? Occult role, yes. Yeah. Okay. These are... will read from over so. your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, anyone I, who I wants to give... take a look. Iris, a look like, <laughs> is this your realm of, uh, of possibilities here? Um, I have, I have much free time. <laughs> I have a 37 under 50, which is a success. Okay. Um, so you looking these over, they are definitely symbols that you know you have seen before in various other uh, investigations, would you call them, um, of, of disproving many other situations. Do I know sort of the origin of these symbols as in like culture wise? Do I know what part of the world they come from? I will say this one's been hard for you to pin down because you've seen it in many different areas. It's hard to pinpoint a place. It seems to be more of an organization or something, but it's hard to pinpoint where geographically that it came from. I am, I'm gonna make eye contact with Nick and then with Iris over my shoulder and say, well, there is something here. This has come up in a few of my cases before. It's been linked with mass murder um, and organizations working as gangs, cults. It's usually linked, or at least in my, in my past, there was a situation in Oregon where a group was using this symbol to justify a series of murders they committed throughout the city, Portland. Uh, they said in their plea of insanity that this was in name of their ascension, their rising of something. Uh, incorrigible lies to masquerade the death of three people. So if this is indeed what you followed here, Miss Mars, there's at least something to be said about the presence of malice in human form. And if that's all it is, great, we'll exterminate that too. Well, I have to say I'm a bit disappointed, Mrs. Mars. I thought there'd be a hunt that we'd be going on in this, but... Well, I think it's if you just want us to go in a couple of caves and push out a couple of crazies, I guess that's fine too. Uh. Glad we have your approval, Mr. Margrave. Yes, 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 yes. He goes and sits down, a little disappointed. Um, at this point, she seems a little agitated. Not like at you specifically, but like this is the group. This is the group they gave me. Um, <laughs> she just seems like done talking for the time being. Uh, 
if you didn't bring tents, we have plenty to provide. Um, get your sleeping quarters set up. Make yourselves comfortable. Get some rest. We head down first thing in the morning. Lieutenant Kane, and the, the tent kind of opens up again. She says, "We're finished here," and she starts collecting up the files again to put them away. Um, is there? Uh, uh, it seems like she's kind of done talking to us, right? Um, is uh, like. Can I talk to, like, Lieutenant Kane for a second? I just kind of, like, as a person who normally goes out on safaris, I like to kind of, like, get the details. Like, how many days' journey does it take to get there? How long have people spent in the cave in the past? Like, how many rations we need to get? Like, the logistics of how long we're going to go. Because I do that quite a lot. Just making sure that our group and myself is prepared for that kind of stuff. Sure. Lieutenant Kane, as he's opening this up, you see white hair buzzed frown lines um like for ages um ah. you see gray eyes just very just a very brute looking like almost like retired army sort of situation going on here uh you see um you see a sidearm on his hip and then you actually see he's just holding yeah an m14 just comfortably on his arm uh, as he kind of walks over to stand back in the corner of this room. But as you're asking him these questions, um, he kind of looks you up and down for a moment. Mars will talk to you in the morning. Well, well, <laughs> a bit disappointing with all this. I thought I'd get a little bit more room. He's just kind of like mumbling to himself. It's kind of grumbling. Like I thought people would be a little bit more accessible. Uh, uh, come, Mr. Hobson, let's set up the tent. Um, sort of uh, wanders off as he's a bit uh, irritated. <laughs> could I could I step up to Miss Mars if she's available? For sure. Um, yeah, she's over. You see her putting the file um, back into the box, and shutting it, and she's just kind of like rubbing her forehead. Listen, I apologize if I came off as as aggressive before, but understand that usually when I'm called into these situations, I'm on the side of people agreeing that these things are not real. I'm going to continue to prove that, but I need to know, have you found anything in the case? Artifacts, uh, information, anything that has been left behind whatever, whatever reason you called me in here for being. The problem, Dr. Clark, is we have found absolutely nothing in those caves. People go in, our first group vanished with no trace, none, no blood, no leftover supplies, nothing. It could be that your murderous little cult is down there and that's great if that's all that it is, trust me. I don't care what it is. I just need answers. And if this group cannot provide it to me, then I'll try another. I just hope this group takes it seriously enough. Any other questions, Dr. Clark? No, that's plenty, Miss Mars. I appreciate your time. Don't think that I won't take this seriously just because I don't agree with it. 
and don't think that we can't whip a few very rich playboys into shape down there. At the very least, you'll lose them like you lost the first. And then in business, they're replaceable, right? And I'll step away. She just says, good night, Dr. Clark. And... Arabella was waving the entire time to get your attention. Um, and, and as soon as Dr. Clark is, is out of the way, um, sidles up very quickly um, and, and, and says, Ms. Mars, um, I just I had one question. Um, it's, it's, all, it's all fine, the disappearances, the vanishings, no blood. Um, but I, I wanted to check one thing. Um, how binding is that non-disclosure agreement? If I change names and locations just a little bit. She like grabs, like she's fighting off a migraine at this point. (laughs) Maybe we can discuss that after. Great, thank you. Good night. And, and at that good night, she's like ushering whoever is left out of the tent. Like, please leave me. Um, uh, so all of you have exited the tent and what are you doing? Uh, what are the tents like? Are they like two person tents or are they like individual no, tents? No, they're just very small individual tents. Unless you brought your own. That's entirely your decision. Okay. Uh, Iris would be uh, trying to flag down some like young recruit to make her tent for her. <laughs> um, I will say, I will say. I can do charm you are, if you want. <laughs> you know what? Go for it. We'll see how many people you get here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, while they're nice. rolling, uh, I Nick got- would probably just pick up a, a tent and start assembling it. He's Perfect. been on a dig site before. Uh, I got a 42 out of 50, so success. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you get a few different people to c- come over and, and help you out here. Um, Can I join as well? Ah! Oh, yeah, I definitely would love to help as well. Like, you see the thing about tents, so you've got to get this one here. It's, Sort of it's a big spectacle of putting everybody's tents up over here. Nick is like quietly putting his own tent up, and everyone's else is like, "You see, the mine trick is it. finished." Like ten minutes before they're finished. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll go stand over with Nick and sip my coffee as I'm watching this fucking operation go on <laughs> just to get Belrose's tent up. Yeah. See, everyone thinks this is the proper way to put it up, but actually, you see, you see, cats. You see, if you're hunting cats, they can come all out. So if you have the the flap facing this direction, then it just kind of goes on and on. Worried about cats, Mr. Margrave? In the caves? Cats? Worried about them? No. (laughs) No, not cats. And he sort of, like, grips the top of the cane a little bit. Uh, kind of like looking off into the distance a little bit. Ooh. Um, I I don't know if any of you have considered this, but I think that maybe it's best if we camp close to each other and maybe we have a meeting tonight. If tomorrow morning we leave for the caves immediately, we need to have a game plan for everything we're doing before we leave. It's good it's plan, so Doctor Clark. Oh, sorry, interrupted you. I, I heard. You were saying, Arabella. 
Oh, just it's it's like a sleepover. <laughs> yes. yes. Like a sleepover, yes. Exactly that. Absolutely. Yes. I I do think that's a good idea, especially uh, you all very well uh, versed in roughing it on the savannah in the jungles. Roughing it's... it, yes. Oh, um, well. Uh, uh, Miss Bellrose? No, I'm no. assuming. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, it, it's a good idea for us all to uh, make sure we have the right equipment for going on a journey. I did try to ask uh, a lieutenant over there for a little bit of information, but they seemed a bit. Uh, they didn't want to share that information. I think being prepared, no matter what we're going to encounter, is is a good idea. So you hear you hear Who's a quiet that? voice say, "Oh, you'll be provided with equipment." Who's that? Who's that? And you kind of look over and you see uh, you see a woman kind of sitting, leaning up against like the side of her tent. Um, she looks strikingly like uh, Nicole Mars. She's far more dressed up. Uh, you see makeup where where Nicole did not have any on. Um, you see a blouse, a skirt. You see wire glasses, um, and she seems to have been like scribbling in a notebook. And as the attention's drawn to her, she looks just like, "Oh, sorry, sorry," and then just goes back to. No, scribbling. no, no! Please, please continue. I'd like to get some information out of someone in this camp, and if you're the one to do it, uh, Lord Reginald Montgomery Margrave. Um, she closes her book and, and stands up and kind of brushes off her, her skirt and reaches over to shake your hand. And um, I'm, I'm Annie, um, Romstead, Mars though, um, married. <laughs> and she just kind of holds up her hand. Um, make a uh, spot hidden roll for me. Ah, yes, I'd love to do that. Ah, boy, did I get it. Uh, yes, a normal success. Um, as she like waves her ring, you can see it like wobble a little bit. Uh, you notice the ring is a little big. Um, and uh, recent engagement. Sorry. Uh, recent engagement, I assume. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And who's the uh, lucky lucky person? <laughs> um. You were asking about equipment, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. Uh, um, is there some sort of like I don't know like like communication? I, I, can I persuade her to kind of like lean in a little bit more or something like to gleam some more information? Uh, sure. Give her uh, a what twenty. You... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, recent. I mean, it seems as if there's a lot of. Uh, 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 don't want any your your significant other to be in any danger around here. So like the the he just stumbles. <laughs> he has he has he has no idea how to dig more deep. He's like ah, uh, uh, Mr. Hobson. Uh, <laughs> uh, he sort of uh, just turns away. He has no idea. Go ahead and make that cool. persuasion. <laughs> Watch this be the best persuasion roll that's ever happened right here. Oh my god, you're you're very much right as well. <laughs> um, so, persuade was uh, sixty, and I got in uh, eleven. Nice. So, okay. That is a, you... a, a, a I think critical success. My awkwardness apparently. Okay, so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was blushing I was maybe. Say, 
Yeah, I'm going to say you're so awkward that you probably don't notice this, but everyone else will notice that right. as you're talking, she's just like in awe of you. And she's just like <laughs> listening to you talk. And then once you're like stumbling, she kind of smiles a little bit and then like, <clears throat> like straight, like gets her composure back and just leans in towards you a little bit. And she's like, okay, it's just an act like, I just don't want all of these, you know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It is a, it's a dangerous place sometimes in the the wilderness and the jungles. I I I get you. Say say not another word. <laughs> As for equipment, um Yes, 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 exactly. The equipment is what I'm uh, wondering about. I, I don't know if I'm really supposed to tell you. I think the, the briefing is supposed to tell you, but um, I mean, there's there's tons of equipment in that room, and um, Nicole, she like focuses on saying Nicole, um, will be sure that you're properly outfitted for the journey, and yeah. All right, well, I mean, I, uh, I don't speak from experience or anything because she won't let me go down there, but, um... Yes. Do you know, do you happen to know how many days it would take to get there? How long they usually stay in the caves? Oh, the cave is just right around the corner. Oh, well. Oh, not, not a very long journey, then. <laughs> Did you want to go down there? I mean, kind of. I just... I don't know. Our our family is all about you know travel and, and adventure, and it's always like, no, Annie, stay up here where it's safe. How about Not your sister? Has your sister gone to the caves? Not yet, but oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but I mean, she's she's going down with you tomorrow. Mm. Ah, well, I don't understand the reason for all these secrets. We're going to be going down, whether or not as this. Well, it's I mean, a bit, you a bit could much. you could change your mind overnight, and then I, uh, I I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. So well, I just I, didn't say anything. So. Well, I won't try. I won't try. Done that enough already. What's it like being a Mars? Uh, depends on which one you ask. I'm asking you. Um. Uh, it's like Do you know any actors? A few. Do you know any actors friends? I guess I'd count myself among that. <laughs> okay, so so I am to Nicole as you are to the actor that you may know. Annoyed. I get it. Correct. <laughs> Not in the limelight. Out. I mean, it it has its perks. I need to stop talking. I'm going to go to bed. And then she hey. turns and <laughs> she starts heading over to her tent. But the thing is, is like, it's a tent. So you can still hear her rambling the whole time that she's going inside. <laughs> like, these are strangers. You can't just rant to them. And she's just like crawling into her tent. Have a good evening. This is Mars. Good night. Night. Yeah, charming, charming. We ought to keep that one around. She's trustworthy. Yes. Absolutely. 
think she could be my new best friend. Really? That's all it takes is the 15 minute conversation you just had? What, what happened to your old best friend? Well, you can tell a lot by someone's, uh, uh, by a little conversation, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not as uh, eloquent as you might be, Dr. Clark, but, uh, uh, no people. People. Mr. Hobson! <laughs> Just turn away. Uh, you can see that uh, uh, Montgomery Margrave is not very... He's used to going on the safari, dealing with animals. Not so much uh, talking, talking with people. people all that much. Uh, he's got money. He doesn't need to really be good at talking with people. Uh, but yeah, he kind of goes off and goes, tries to set up the tent. Continue doing that. Do you have many friends in your adventures, Miss Earhart? A lot of them. You're very cynical, aren't you, Dr. Clark? I think this world has made me into that, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting side effect of the profession, as I'm sure Mr. McKay will find out in a few years. When you your whole business is around solving things, sometimes you don't like the answers. Well, I am... Um... I'm, I'm sorry, I don't really feel very much like having a sleepover anymore, so I'm, I think I'm going to go to bed. Do you have your tent set up? Oh, I, I, I was helping Miss um, Bellrose, but I'll, I, I, I can set up my own tent. I know how to do that. You sure you don't need the help? Not from you. Well, and I, 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 you can I, stay in my tent if you like. I'm sure we can make enough room, just the two of us. Um, I, I look at you, Miss um, Belrose, and I say, "Well, if I, do, do you really mean it?" There's, there's enough space we can fit in. I'm sure. Well, if I still set up my tent next to yours, it'll be a little bit like having a tent for it. Yes, it will. All right, I'll get started on mine. And and Iris will help in the only way she she can, and that's just watch watching over <laughs> and just being like, yes, that's good. I saw them do that before, and it works with mine. <laughs> Worked with mine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I have a, I guess, I guess this is mostly a question for, I guess, the Keeper. Um, I would probably know this. Do I know that this island specifically that we're on, is there many dangerous wildlife on there? Like, big cats, things like that, dangerous wildlife? That would be... Um, I would say that nothing has been reported for sure. You're not entirely certain about this island in particular, but if you had to make a guess, you would expect anything that you would find in Africa would probably be found here. Okay. I feel like I'll go up to uh, uh, Mr. Hobson, get the rest of my gear, and start unloading my uh, various arsenal, my uh, elephant gun, uh, my other uh, uh, smaller things, uh, devices, getting getting the guns prepared and things like that, and I'll sort of tell, lean over to Mr. Hobson. If there's any wildlife out here, I have a feeling, might all, <laughs> the rest of our group might not all make it. And I'm sort of preparing all of the stuff. 
Yeah, and, and he's helping. He's like getting everything in just the particular way that you you would like it out and cleaned. Thank and- you, Mr. Hobson. Appreciate it. Did they give us access to the the numbers and the symbols that were found in Boston? Um, that file was kind of tossed down on the table for you to look at, but Mars did take it back. And okay. uh, then I'm just going to set up a sleeping bag under the stars and try and retrace those symbols in the dirt, uh, trying to refresh my mind of everything that happened in that case. Sleep under the stars. All right. Um. The the way that the camp is set up right now, is it just a big old collection of tents surrounded yes. by, like, jungle and forests and stuff? Okay. So there's no, like, fence or anything like that preventing things nope. from coming in? Okay, great. That's uh, <laughs> not creepy at all. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll probably stay up a little bit later than other people. Just kind of, like, probably going around the perimeter of the camp, just kind of like taking uh, looks around and kind of get, since I don't know what type of animals around here, that's kind of what I would like to be doing. Like, I don't okay. know, maybe like a survival or something like that, or I don't know, with zoology or some junk, kind <laughs> of like get a basis of uh, uh, potential animal threats, because that's what he cares about. I'll have you, I'm going to have you make two different roles. <gasps> yeah, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you do spot hidden. Okay. Just for kind of keeping an eye out around. Cool. Oh boy. Um, I'm going to use one luck point to Great. make it a success. Okay. Uh, and then um, I'm also going to have you roll a survival. It begins. Okay. That's yeah. the addiction, Adam. You start with the one point, and the next time it's 10 points. I know this. And Caleb, yes. I'm going to have you make a sanity roll for me. Oh, just um, for I, sleeping? Leave me alone, Gary. I just uh, got here. It's so, because you bullied me. Oh, that's so, fair. So uh, Spot Hidden is a success, um, and Survival is a success, just like barely by three. Um, I have a 54 under 60, so I'm okay. All right. So um, Mr. Margrave, as you are kind of keeping an eye out, you see the camp never really sleeps. Um, any of these soldier types that go to sleep more wake up for their shift. Um, there's always a, some sort of guard in this site. Um, and you you would definitely notice that. Uh, you would also begin to notice that this jungle is really quiet. Hmm. Don't like that. You're not entirely sure if you hear any animals at all. Is that is that something similar to what I've experienced in the past? Uh, it might send a slight chill down your spine when you come to that realization. Uh, he gets like hyper focused. I don't think he sleeps that night. Um, mm-hmm. it's just like kind of going around, kind of mumbling to himself, uh, t- like spouting off, uh, like cat facts to anyone that he goes up to someone. He's like, did you know that the jaguar from the, the, the distance uh, in, the, in the Amazon jungle, you see, they were, and just sort of like talking to any sort of guards until they get bored and like walk away from him. But he's like always keeping his eye on the jungle as he's staying up that night. Fantastic. Um, and, uh, Dr. Clark sleeps soundly. <laughs> 
um, waking up the next morning, well, most of you, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, waking up, uh, the site is already becoming a little busy as people are walking around. Um, You see Annie uh, quickly approaching your little group of tents um, with a a tray of uh, different cups and like a coffee pitcher and she's just bringing it over and she says good morning as you're all coming out of your tents and um, she sets it down on one of the little tables set there for you Um, uh, Nikki says Nicole says to get you fed and adventure ready so um, do any of you have any experience climbing? Climbing? Well climbing down at least (laughs) Uh, you, you, you see, uh, Margrave kind of looked down at his cane, and you can see that, like, he, he doesn't limp most of the time, but one of his, uh, legs, you see, occasionally he might kind of, like, ooh, bit tender. Uh, he's like, um, not so much, no. I'm in the same boat. Well, that's okay. Um, we have plenty of gear. They'll, they'll definitely be able to help you down. How'd you sleep? And she's just, like, pouring you guys coffee and handing it to you. Fine. Uh, Nick takes, Nick takes the, the coffee. Oops, sorry. I take, uh, Nick takes a cup of coffee and just sips and silently says I slept fine. Uh, Iris was uh, saying in response to how they slept, they said, well, as well as somebody can sleep on the ground. <laughs> Part of roughing it. (laughs) Um. Well, anyway, uh, have your your breakfast, and um, Mars is waiting for you in the briefing room. Let's get to it. (laughs) Just sort of like walks off uh, very very quickly. (laughs) Uh, Just downs the coffee, like puts the cup on the ground, and walks away. Yeah, (laughs) let's. Elephant gun and everything. Let's go meet up with Nikki, right? And I'll give it. Do not. Do not. Do not. I'll give Annie a pointed look. <laughs> She's like, don't. Um, all right, so everyone's heading to the tent. I'm bringing my coffee with me. I am. Right. Yeah. Uh, once you um, have either had your coffee or taking your coffee, uh, you head into the tent. The map still sits in the center of the table, along with some other gear at this point. You see a crank-style camera, um, some light sources. Uh, There are a couple lanterns, but mostly flashlights, like the big, you know, silver metal flashlights. Um, Climbing gear, and uh, you see... um, You see uh, Captain O'Leary is in here as you're walking in you hear him talking to the other soldiers in the room as you enter uh you hear stay sharp down there my orders remain the same follow mars's orders and keep her and these fine folks he kind of motions to you as you're walking in um protected at all costs and he just nods and the soldiers nod and say yes sir um the soldiers you see are Uh, Sergeant Connors and Lieutenant Kane, who you had seen last night. Uh, You also see Private Matthews in this tent as well. They um, 
Connors and Kane are fully decked out in their gear today. You see it's not their casual, like strolling around the site look. Um, you see a rifle or a machine gun like slung over their backs or their shoulders, sidearm strapped at the thigh. Uh, you do notice Private Matthews is still unarmed currently. He is just standing there awkwardly kind of looking down at his feet currently as you're coming in. Um, and after that, O'Leary walks over, shakes Mars's hand, and turns to leave the tent. Um, walking by you kind of gives you all like a respectful nod as he leaves the tent. He kind of gives a little wave to you and um, closes the tent behind. I will, I will take a very, very big slug of the coffee that I'm holding, make a scrunchy face, and then try and dump it out when no one's looking. <laughs> Can I roll to notice this as Absolutely. a... <laughs> I love coffee. Don't do this. No. Please. <laughs> the precious goods. Yes. My baby. Uh, and that's what? Spot hidden for me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a 14 under 70. I passed 24 under 30. If I can, I'll step over to Arabella and try and find the nearest like sifter of milk or anything like that. Please, please, no. A little tip. You're you're just starting out. I've I've drunk a lot of coffee. That's okay. This is the secret. And if she'll let me, I'll offer to pour just a gallon of milk in that fucking thing. Like, we're 16 and we just bought from Starbucks for the first time. <laughs> I, I I take it after a moment, very like suspicious of you, and I take a sip of it, and my face kind of lights up. I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. Right? Listen, cynics and optimists, we need each other milk and the coffee and then i'll step back in the line all right um at this point mars hearing you talk is kind of like realizing you're in the tent and she kind of puts down whatever she's doing looks over uh sees the five of you and she says last chance to have second thoughts no, I believe I'm ready for an adventure, so I'm ready to go myself. How about the rest of you? Uh, I think with Mr. Margraves watching our back, how could any of this go wrong? <laughs> uh, good, good spirit on you, Dr. Clark, good spirit. Lieutenant Kane speaks up and he says, my only second thought is why the fuck is this kid coming with us? And he kind of points a thumb over to Matthews. And Mars nods. I understand your concerns, but Private Matthews is and is going to remain unarmed, and he will only be leading us to the location he remembers. Where he's claiming he went is not marked on our map. And she points down to the little, like, work in progress map that uh, Mr. Margrave had noticed uh, the previous night. We need to mark it if we stand a chance at figuring out what is going on down there. Navigating is the first step. Once he's shown that, he is to return topside. 
I was wondering then, Miss Mars, if it wouldn't be beneficial to everyone in the room if Matthews were to brief us at least briefly, brief, briefly, on what it is he saw down there. What yes. exactly happened? Yes, I'd have to agree. If they're man or beast, they're predators, and to know what a predator is, you have to, you have to think like them. You have to know what we're dealing with. Um, Mars then looks expectantly at Matthews. And Matthews is standing, kind of looks up at all of you and... <clears throat> Go on, son. We, we filed down and uh, I'm not sure how long we were down there, but something, my, my light didn't work. My light stopped working and didn't make sense. We go in with, with, and Mars kind of reaches out and just puts a hand on his shoulder and it kind of grounds him for a moment. I don't know what happened. I just, I heard screaming, but it was like, it was in my head. It was my, my troops voices, but it was in my head. I don't know how to explain that. And then um, Kane speaks up and says, well, sound travels strangely underground. I'm sure that was it. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I was just alone in the dark and I felt like something was there with me. I know something was there with me. Like what? I'm afraid enough. Man, beast, come on, out of it, boy. I, I don't know. Shame. How deep were you? Not, not too far. Uh, he kind of looks to Mars and Mars nods and he walks over to the map in the center there. And you can see they kind of have it sketched out. It looks like. Um, the cave entrance kind of goes in a little bit and then it drops down and you see um, some sort of a cavern kind of sketched out with a few different branches that seem to stop about halfway through uh, and he kind of is looking at it and he's like I can't tell but it, it was it wasn't any of these it wasn't any of these tunnels it was it was someplace else it was further down Miss I would Mars. know it if I saw it. Miss Mars, uh, Doctor uh, McKay, everyone else. Perhaps you could enlighten us a bit on the history of this area. Is this a natural cave? Uh, unnatural? In the sort of history of this island, perhaps this is... Uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time realizing exactly why you're all so interested in this cave on this particular island. If you are a, a, a transportation company for the rich, uh, sort of gestures at himself, uh, why not just bury the cave if there's a problem with it? Oh, Mr. Margrave, maybe someday uh, you will learn that burying your problems doesn't necessarily get rid of them. Well, uh, I've done a pretty good job and I did myself. 
As for the location, that cave, this island, there's no history. What do you mean no history? It didn't appear out of nowhere, did it? This area was discovered when the coordinates were found on the desks of the Boston PD. A new island, but how? Is that adventurous enough for you? <laughs> yes, I'd have to say so. <laughs> Definitely piques my interest, Miss Mars. It certainly makes up for a gap in my research prior to this location. I was wondering why we had no recollection of anything to do with this area. This is brand new, then. Everything we're seeing is brand new. Yes. The cave entrance, and she then points down um, and kind of just taps her finger down on the little sketched out map before you. It only goes in about 20 meters or so before it drops. Um, we're bringing climbing gear along with us, plenty of extra rope. The drop off leads to this area here, and it splits into three ways. Four, according to Private Matthews, who is going to lead us to that tunnel and then come back topside while we continue. Are you with me so far? Yes. How far are we dropping? It's it's not far, maybe another uh, 15 meters or so. She kind of gauges everyone's reaction to that and understands the room, at least understands um, certain physical capabilities. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then she says, I will need everyone to pick a job. Don't just volunteer to try to help the group. I need to know that you can handle it. I need you to know that you can handle it. And she turns to the chalkboard kind of behind her, kind of clears off whatever was there before with her arm. And she begins to write, one, rope bags. Um, we need, I need someone keeping track of them and carrying them. There are two bags. Uh, two, camera equipment. Uh, there's a crank camera with a carrying case and a stand. We can document anything that we find down there. Extra supplies, these are batteries, first aid, any extra equipment. The map, someone needs to be in charge of keeping it intact and updating it as we go. Um, the guideline, someone needs to be in charge of placing this uh, like red rope guideline along the path so that we do not get lost inside of this cave. And then I need one soldier and she looks over to um, like the basically two soldiers coming down. I need one of you to take point. I've dabbled with photography. I can, I know how to use the equipment just fine. I can handle that. Perfect, done. I can take the red lead line. Okay. Rory and I used to, well, we, we used ropes to tie ourselves to the balloon. So it should be easy enough. Right. She like, clearly pretends to understand what that means. Um. <laughs> I can take the map. I feel confident enough in my navigation. Well, like I said, this leaves me and you, Mr. McKay. 
I will take the extra equipment. That leaves me with the ropes. Would it be alright if I were to uh, come up front and take point as well? At least be a little bit closer up to the action. Uh, make a persuasion. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I did not make it. Uh, <laughs> the 81 over 75. Mars just says, no. And then, <laughs> and then turns. <laughs> I'm like, well, then, I... <laughs> Owning stakes in a company doesn't give you anything, I guess. <laughs> Listen. Says, no. And then Ooh, can I do a credit roll? <laughs> I kind of, like, pull my weight. <laughs> she says no to the upfront and then shoves the rope bag, like, in your chest for you to carry. <sighs> She's like, Mr. Margrave, I think you'll find money isn't going to buy your safety down there. <laughs> well, it is... It is a safari thing. I, I, all right, all right, all right, all right. They're just protecting your investment, Mr. Mark Gray. <laughs> he uh, sort of kind of laughs. He's like, it's not really the money I care about, but it's more the adventure. But I guess if I'll stay near the back, it's fine. It's fine. All right. Um, so if you will mark somewhere what your task is. Extra rope. Perfect. Um, you are also given some supplies. Uh, despite the gear that you may already have brought on your own, you are given one flashlight, three flares, um, and you notice um, there are, like, there is a little armory in here, but none of you are offered any weapons. Like, the soldiers have the weapons, and hmm. um, that doesn't even seem to be, like, a thought, really, to provide weapons to you. Does it, did, are they put off by all the weapons that I have? No. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not. Uh, actually, Mars seems a little bit put off by it, but she's not Good. trying to stop you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Captain uh, O'Leary. After getting, uh, after getting the camera equipment all situated, you'd see, like, Iris, like, messing with her belts and then like you'd see after she's done messing with it that there is now a sword that's just like <sighs> hanging on, on her belt a short, a short sword of course but you know and she's just like hmm. okay I'm ready <laughs> if we had brought some with us in our duffel bag would we have time to go back and get those um yes you can uh dress the part however you'd like so um yeah i I'm, i i leave for a second and i come back and i have a nine millimeter strapped to my side and a sawed off shotgun like slung over my back Damn. um mars looks at you for a second and like she didn't ask mr margrave because it seems kind of obvious but she <laughs> looks at nick and says are you trained to use those properly? I mean, yes. All right. I just like I'm not a fan of bringing firearms down into a cave that we don't know the structural integrity of. So if we could refrain from firing as much as possible. I am so happy someone said that. Thank you. We haven't found reason to use any of these yet, have we? No, and if it were up to me, I would not allow any of them down there, but... 
but if you feel it is going to protect you, I'm not going to stop you. Just don't fire unless you have to. Absolutely. Yes. Professionals here. I think so. Uh, Mr. Hobson, you'll be staying here, I imagine. Uh, um, before he can answer, Mars says he absolutely is staying here. <laughs> of course, yes. Yes, uh, it's a normal ritual for me to go alone on safari hunts, uh, Mr. Hobson. A good friend of mine, but uh, I don't want him to get in the way, after all. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hobson. All right, uh, so... Ready to go. Yeah, you follow Mars and these three soldiers um, past the tent sites, um, and it, it you're kind of looking around for the mouth of the cave, and Mars kind of stops abruptly and turns, and hidden, just like right in that cliffside, is a very, like, just very skinny cave entrance. Um, if you were to have been moving too quickly, you wouldn't have noticed it if someone wasn't going to point it out to you. Ah, uh, the entrance itself, very small. You're forced to kind of enter single file at first. You watch as um, Mars kind of looks Matthews in the eyes, kind of nods, and then Mars heads in first uh, with with um, Connors like right on her tail. Um, any particular order you'd like to head in? I'd like to go as first as possible. <laughs> um, uh, Kane is about to go in, and you're like, "Excuse me." <laughs> yep, that's what uh, experience before beauty, and then <laughs> come in front of him. Before I go in, I don't, uh, I don't really have a particular order that I want to go into. But before I go into, I want to take a look at the type of rock that the cave is made out of. You're about to find that Carrie knows nothing about rocks. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> It's a good I have, rock. I have geology as one of my sciences, so I, I wanted to take a look at the geology to see if it's if I can uh, tell where, you know, the type of rock that it is and how it would could have been formed. Okay, well, I know absolutely nothing about the first part, but the <laughs> second part, um, I will let you roll for some information on the formation, okay, if you would like. I'm not even going to pretend to know anything about rocks. Uh, that's a 15 under my 62. So nice. nice. Yeah. Before even really studying it, at first glance, it definitely looks like it was some sort of like natural formation, like almost like if it was like settling down and just kind of cracked the side of it or something. But as you're moving closer to it, and especially as you're kind of up close enough to actually scooch in, um, this is definitely not like any sort of natural formation you've seen. It's not hand dug either. You're not really sure how, what could have done this to this rock. I'm gonna pull the doctor aside my subspecialty is geology. Oh, good. That should come in handy. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is I've never seen geological structure in this rock made and formed in this way whatsoever. There seems to be a, a fault split that created this cave, but there is no 
geological structure that shows any tectonic structure whatsoever. You're kidding. So this has come from somewhere unexplainable to the surface. I've no no landmass, no lava lava, no no sedimentary lines that this is this is rock that came out of nowhere. That is remarkable. I've never seen anything like that. You and me both. <laughs> Mr. McKay, I fear that we have stepped ourselves into a pulp serial novel. We have surrounded ourselves with the most indi- interesting individuals I have ever seen in my life, and I fear we are going to die in a cave with them in a moment. <laughs> as, as you say this, I, I assume Arabella is last. Um, I've, I've tied that like safety line around my waist, like it's a safety line to like a boat or a hot air balloon. Um, and I think, Dr. Clark, you feel me like pulling on like your sleeve because I'm quite short. So I'm just like tucking on your sleeve. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I, I look up at you with my, my big eyes and I say, um, Dr. Clark, what is what is your niece's name? My niece? Shella, my niece. why? Oh, um, I just, I, I, I wanted to write something real quick and I pull out a book and I, I write in it very quickly. Um, and I hand it to you and, and I say, I know you don't like me very much because I'm, I, I'm just a kid or I'm, I'm too optimistic, but I'd like your niece to have this. Dr. Clark is just shocked beyond belief that this is happening in the mouth of a cave. <laughs> He's trying to debate the idea that this core rock has erupted up into the surface of the world and will soon swallow us whole. And Arabella Earhart, <laughs> main character of many a tween's favorite novel, is now submitting a book to him. He's just, he takes the book and he says, this is very sweet, thank you. I fear any other thought in my head has vacated completely. Thank you for this kindness. I don't dislike you. It is just my nature. Please stick by us. We found some information that is already perplexing. Whatever this place is, it's not dangerous, but it's it's interesting. And interesting things can provide hesitation, hampering. This will be your greatest book if you keep yourself safe. I'll keep myself safe. And just so you know, I am a little stronger than I look. I don't doubt you for a second. In that case, I am so much weaker than I look. Uh, I I smile very brightly, um, kind of like giggle to myself, like just little little laugh, um, and I trundle back to the end of the line. All right. Mr. Um, McKay, if you could, let's keep this information between ourselves. I believe that there are certain members of this party that seek to believe that something happening here is darker than it may appear at first. Giving any information before it's due can cause panic amongst those who do not fully understand. Yeah, I can, uh, we can do that. All right. Um, you file into the cave and just in this first cavern, sunlight is already scarce. 
for how thin that entrance is, um, your eyes kind of have to adjust immediately after heading in. There's still enough light up here where you don't quite think you need um, any light sources yet, but uh, as you make that, you know, 20 or so meters in, it is getting darker and darker and darker, and eventually you do have to pull out some form of light. Um, not all of you, if you don't want to, uh, as long as, you know, a few people have a light out, you're good to go. Um, once you get to the edge of this, you do see some, like, um, posts kind of hammered in with little ropes going around to keep people from just walking off the edge in here. Uh, for where it drops down, you see Connor's uh, kind of removing a portion of the rope to make a little area where you are able to climb down. And um, they begin helping you with your climbing gear and getting you kind of harnessed up to be lowered down. And thankfully for a lot of you, um, this is more of a harness that you are being lowered down. So you do not have to um, make any sort of climbing checks for this or anything. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Both Margrave and Clark are like, oh, is that wow. <laughs> as soon as Carrie said climbing earlier in the session, I yeah. looked at my sheet and I went, fuck, Caleb, I knew I forgot something. Damn it. <laughs> Physical strength. <laughs> yes. Um, once you reach the bottom, however, it is pitch black. Um... If you didn't have your flashlight out before, you probably want it now just because there's that that feeling of someone else is controlling where the light is and you want to be able to look at what you want to see. So yes. you all kind of have your lights out. There are just those light beams, you know, flashlights in the 60s, not uh, not the best. <laughs> so you're, you're just very, very light beams looking around. Gary, and... if I point that thing up, how far is it from us to ceiling? Are, are we, like, totally tied into the ceiling, or is it like a, oh, God, who knows? I will say, if you point that up, you're not able to see the ceiling with these lights. Oh! Gross. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> is it just, like, in this, uh, in this, like, first descent hole area? I mean, would, obviously, would that be different once we go into, like, the tunnels and stuff? Like, it wouldn't be... Possibly. Okay. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, in this cavern right here, yeah, <laughs> looking up, you cannot see the ceilings, and uh, Dr. Clark probably does that, and probably has about that reaction. Oh, shit. Oh, does everyone see that? Starless sky. Uh, have you been in many caves, Mr. Margrave? Um, I don't know. Have I? <laughs> 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 like, you yes. Um, a couple. You want. A couple. <laughs> Do you have any advice? This is my first. I, I've done dig sites, of course, but nothing quite this deep. There can be false light in places. Don't think light is sunlight down here. Sound does travel strangely in some areas underground. And it's if a person like if a person goes without light for too long, they can begin to basically hallucinate. Like yeah, you can see things that aren't really there. Um, as your body's kind of reaction to attempting to see. I will relay that stuff to Dr. Clark. Uh, and also, being going, it's always good to stay together. Very easy to get lost underground. Different uh, Mars seconds that. She says, yes, everyone stay alert. Um, Private Matthews, you're with me. And there's a little pause, and she says, Matthews. And 
a few different flashlight beams are brought over to Private Matthews, who is standing stiff as a board with wide eyes, staring over at a completely dark, shadowed corner, and he is trembling from head to toe. Turn it over to that corner. Flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's everyone else doing? I'm trying to talk to Mr. Matthews. Uh, Mr. Matthews, look at me. It's Dr. Clark. Can you make eye contact with me? You're in a state of shock. I need you to come back down to reality. I need you to look at us. I I approach and I I kind of crouch down with him, um, looking very knowingly. And and I I say to him, is it it your first time drinking coffee too? It's okay. It made me shake a little bit. It made me really jittery. It's okay. We understand. Uh, what about to me every single time? I yeah, yeah. I start seeing the corner <laughs> shadow demons. Ghosts. <laughs> what about Iris? Iris is is gonna have her. She she has her, her the camera pointed at the corner. Ooh, all right, all right. Ready um, to take a photo. <laughs> great. Uh, what is Nick doing? Nick is gonna bring his his slowly bring his flashlight over as well with Mr. Margrave to sort of double power the the corner there. Great. Um, you also see Mars's flashlight going to the corner as well. So you have these you know three different flashlight beams kind of crossing for a moment to all meet up in this dark corner. Um, those that are looking in this corner make a spot hidden roll for me. Yeah. <sighs> Not that bad. Okay. It's him. Not the feed. Uh, 56. <laughs> I got a success. Uh, uh, 56 under 60. Uh, 37 under 75, a hard success. Okay. So is that just two successes there? Yeah. Um, hard, yeah. yeah okay. Um, yeah, and Iris looking through, like, the camera, you just, you can't see shit. The flashlights are ah. super dull in the camera. You're like, what am I looking at here? Um, but for Master Mr. Margrave, anyway. <laughs> noted. Flash. All right. So, um, Margrave and Nick, you are looking at this corner, and I will say, as the flashlight beams hit, among the rocky walls, you see something that, especially for Nick, seems a little oddly shaped for a rock wall. And as the flash of that camera goes off, both of you get a very, very good look at something you're not quite sure you can explain. Some sort of torso and and just oddly rounded head. And as soon as you see this, in this just brief flash of light, the camera flash actually temporarily basically blinds you for a moment as your eyes have to then adjust from the light to the darkness. And in that split second, you all hear Private Matthews scream. Um, The two of you talking to him, he kind of pushes away from you, turns around and begins to run. As he goes to run, he slams square into the chest of Lieutenant Kane. And before anybody can even react, Everyone sees a flash in a split second. The figure from the corner moves from the dark corner and onto the wall of this cave, jumps up, clutches onto the wall of this cave, and then dives down at Private Matthews. 
Lieutenant Kane shouts and shoves Matthews out of the way. A flashlight kind of flips through the air. You see the uh, the ray of the light kind of just spiraling through this cave. Lands, causing dust and dirt. You hear then a gunshot. <laughs> Loud, echoing in your ears. You hear one, you hear three, you hear three gunshots slamming into the walls of this cave, kind of going up as the gun is being fired. You then see dust and dirt falling, and then a sickening sound as rocks shift, and the cave entrance begins disappearing from view. As rocks crash down, they begin tumbling. Your first thought is- Everyone move to the cave! What would all of you like to do to avoid this tunnel collapse? Untie myself as quickly as fucking possible. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have you make a dexterity roll. Mm-hmm. What would the rest of you like to do? Um, I have a very important question. Uh, does that, uh, monster, uh, is that familiar to me, or look sort of familiar? No. Damn, okay. Uh, well then I don't really care about it. Um, so I, uh, I will, uh, uh, sort of shout, like, DEEPER INTO THE CAVE! And, uh, try to make my way as quickly there as possible. Uh, would, uh... Iris be able to make a photography roll to see if that she got the creature in the photo or not? Um, we can resolve that after for sure, yeah. Um, what cool. is the immediate reaction to try to avoid these rocks? Uh, I, Iris would first want to see how Arabella probably does with the rope. Uh, actually, no. In, in any case, she, she would just Draw her sword and cut the rope, and help and then and help Arabella get get untied, and then would kind of follow them wherever they would be going. Uh, yeah, I I failed to untie myself. I didn't fumble, but I failed. Okay, so you are fumbling with this, like just just trying to untie this rope. You only have a matter of seconds, and then a sword slices down, cuts the rope, and you look over into the eyes of uh, Iris. And uh, we'll have anyone trying to get out of the way of these rocks go ahead and make a dodge roll unless you have something else to argue. I hmm. failed it. 53 of 25, so. I, Can you I give luck well. points to other people? Nope. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to revise what Damn. I just said. If you can roleplay slash cinematically describe how you are helping the person, I will let you give luck points to them. Well, so. I was with McKay. Is there any way that I could take him by the shoulder and, like, we both leap for the entrance near Margrave after Margrave's calling for us to help? Sure. Okay. Cool. How much luck do you need, Bobby? It was like one, wasn't it? One? No, no, I had a 53 over 25. Oh! I thought you said 53 over 50. I was like, oh, dang, crap. Okay. Well, uh, to note for the future. Yes, if your character can actually okay. help them, I will allow you to give luck. Yeah, you guys don't want to help me. Don't help me now. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> See you later, guys. Are you, are are you hanging the only out? one that failed, or? I think so. I think well, Iris failed. I, fa I failed as well. Holy I'm going to check how much luck I have to burn real quick. Okay, <laughs> we're good. We're good. How much do you How much do you need, Ms. Belrose? Just, just give me ten. Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's drop me down to 60. Let's do it, babe. Y'all nuts! Dang, you oh, some good luck. I we got a nice luck. group here. That's way nicer than I expected. Thank you. 
as the rocks are shifting and crumbling down, you're coughing, dust is just filling the air. There's this fear from especially those of you that saw whatever the fuck you just saw in the shadows. Um, there's this fear kind of settling into the pit of your stomach. And this cavern is obscured by dust for like a solid 10 seconds. And during this, you hear the remainder of the rocks falling in, and you also hear a constant of a gun still just firing off, almost rhythmically. Light illuminates the dust from the gunshots with each one, and then silence. Well, all except for the loud ringing that is vibrating in your ears. As sound begins to very gradually come to you again, and the dust is beginning to settle, everyone is coughing from the dust, you can hear the sounds of someone hyperventilating, definitely hyperventilating, coughing even more. You hear the faintest sound of like a throaty gurgle. Imagine just before they would have been trapped under, Arabella just pulls them out and they they land together. <laughs> yes. So as as you're coming to Nick, you are like stuck beneath um, one of these rocks with two points of damage. Okay. The dust is settling. What would you like to do? Who's around us besides ourselves? Who's like in our immediate vicinity that we can see? I'm going to say for the sake of the scene, um, let's see. I will say Margrave is probably close to Nick just because of where you were looking in the tunnel. Um, I will say Dr. Clark is probably pretty close to Mars. And um, Iris and Arabella are right beside each other as well. Okay, so we don't see any like any of the soldiers or anyone else. Uh, these um, are the only people that we're seeing. Doctor Clark might. Okay, cool. They'd probably be close to Mars, so. But uh, you do, do I... not, yeah. Okay, so like. <laughs> oh, Mr. McKay, you seem to be stuck there. Hold on a second. Uh, I need some help over here. Uh, sort of call out. Uh, what is the situation with his uh, arm leg stuck? Is it like something? I really think it's big? probably my leg, and I think it's probably like like okay. it, it it fell enough to like it pushed me to the ground, and then it's it's like trapped me under it. Okay, I would like to uh, try to help you get that your leg unstuck from there. Uh, I'm a pretty hardy old man. Uh, so I'd like to help you lift it off. Um, yeah, I will have you go ahead and make a strength roll for that. Yes, I'm a strong old man. <laughs> While that is happening, and before you tell me your roll, um, what are Iris and Arabella doing? Uh, Iris, uh, looks to Arabella beside her and says, Thank you. <laughs> I see that you do not owe me <laughs> for helping you with the rope. <laughs> <laughs> We're all cleared up. Uh, yeah, almost. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, she was almost... with with friends. <laughs> um, I instead of shaking your hand, I almost burst into tears and just give you a very big hug. Oh no! Oh my! <laughs> well, there, there, pat, pat her <laughs> on the back. I believe that uh, our our, uh, our friend Nick there is also. Uh, they seem to be in trouble. Perhaps we can see if they need some help. 
So I rolled an eight under seventy-five. I probably could just like pick this up and move it. Yeah, I got a I got a thirty under seventy. So I'll <laughs> we'll get to hard. we'll get to that in just okay, a cool. moment. Um, <laughs> Doctor Clark, as you are sitting up, um, you see Mars close to you, also sitting up, kind of like trying to wave dust away from her face, but just you know coughing, looking around. Um, is there anything specific you would like to do? Miss Mars, are you okay? You're okay? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> we we need a roll check, I call out to the, the cavern. Sound off if you're alright. Margaret! McKay! Earhart and Melrose are dead! <laughs> <laughs> I'm here! Arabella! Arabella's fine! Melrose? Yes. Here. Matthews? Um, at at yelling Matthew's name, you hear, um, kind of a, you hear the hyperventilating stop for a moment and then start again. And you're able to kind of pinpoint that location. Uh, now that the dust is settling further and you're able to kind of like wipe off the dust from your flashlight so you can kind of look over, uh, Matthew's is in a fetal position up against one of the rocks, mumbling to himself. Um, between these like panicked breaths. As you and Mars are looking at that, you hear that throaty gurgle coming from your left. And you both look at each other for a moment. And then Mars kind of moves her flashlight to look to the left and you see Lieutenant Kane is where the gurgling is coming from. Throat and chest ripped open you see oh my god it looks like something was dug into the collarbones and the collarbones were just ripped out ah! <laughs> what the fuck what the fuck i dropped my flashlight immediately he is barely alive blinking quickly um and you see his finger is just squeezed on the trigger but it's all been expended at this point. What's uh, happening? He's dead. The captain's dead. The captain's dead. And I, uh, I'll, I'll pick up the flashlight again and point towards it and, and, you know, try and get everyone's attention to it. Okay, let's get this rock off of you. Come on. Yeah, I'll say easy enough. You can shove the rock off and all of you can kind of meet up. It's definitely not comfortable. You're definitely kind of limping here and there, but it's not broken or anything like that. Um, by the time you all gather around, Lieutenant Kane, the gurgling has stopped. I look towards everyone. Does anyone have any first aid medical? Oh, I've got the first aid supplies in my bag. If uh, uh, I mean, I like still experience. Have... Does anyone oh, have yeah. experience in it? I have. I have a first aid experience. If you were to, uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> if you were to give it a numerical value out of one hundred, what would it be? Forty. Okay, so me and About you are 40-ish. both. <laughs> okay, cool. Me and you are both about the same. Uh, I guess I'd like to try to go up and do something, but... To... I, I will say, as you walk up, Mars holds out her hand and stops you, and she says, uh, dead. God. And at this point, Dr. Clark, with your flashlight, you see something moving to the left of it. Oh, on the left, on the left! I'll point towards it. Point your light, and you see... Annie stumbling out from the entrance, coughing with uh, 
a cracked um, lens in one of her glasses, and Mars immediately says, what the fuck are you doing down here? And she's stumbling, and she looks dazed, and she says, I just wanted to see. I didn't, I didn't know, and kind of just points up to the avalanche. And Mars kind of just steps over to her, and they're just quietly bickering at the moment. Everyone, we need to we need to get together in a, in, a, in a small circle, whatever that beast was. We need to stay together and find a, a corner or something. Let's move away. Uh, it's sort of what I try to start corralling people together in a small. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait, 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 wait. We, do we want to go to a corner? It was in the corner. It? What, what was it? I didn't see anything. The, the, the rocks just. What are you talking about? like to look for the tracks of whatever this thing was try to pinpoint where it went or do some sort of like tracking while you like try to use all of my knowledge to figure out <laughs> if i don't know what it is how it hunts okay and make a, make a survival best. roll for that i'm use, gonna i'm um, gonna turn to the to die to the doctor and i'm gonna say listen as a as a fellow scientist archaeologist i want to tell you what i just saw was not natural but it wasn't anything that I've ever seen before. Much like the, those rocks that I saw at the, at the entrance. There was some sort of creature clinging to the wall. And that is what got Lieutenant King. Um, at this point too, um, for the sight of Lieutenant Kane, I'm going to have all of you make a sanity roll. Oh, well. I was yep. wondering. I just didn't want to interrupt the scene that was happening. I knew it was coming. It's nice <laughs> knowing y'all. boy. Yeah. I fail with the 75. I fail with an 80. I succeeded. 44 under 60. It's there we go, Barrows. I got a 10 under 50. Hey! Nice. All right. Those that failed are going to lose two points of sanity. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Uh... Iris would probably try to talk to the Dr. Stanford and be like, what kind of doctor are you? Of archaeology. Can you, can you help? <laughs> so, no, so not... Not unless he has a very ancient object wrapped into his brain stem right now. No, I cannot help. Okay. Well, There's something the in here? Calm down. There's something in here with us. There's something in here? Yes. Yes. We, yes. We need to go in the other way. We, we can't stay in here with it. I understand. Point, yeah, at this point, Connors kind of stumbles um, into view, having kind of been trapped by one of the rocks as well. Um, and he kind of just points to the entrance and looks to Mars and says, do you think we can move that? I don't think we should touch that. Can I use my geology to, to know whether or not sure. that's gonna, if sure. we move any of it, it's gonna slide even more? Ah, nice 20 under nice. 62. Nice! If I, if I were the person, I would not touch that. I would not touch that, that avalanche. We don't know how stable it is, how unstable it is. It would just cause more. We, we don't even know what the rocks are made of. We need to be as safe as possible. We need a radio for help if we have any. We need to stay whatever whatever that is. We need to stay far away from until help comes. I don't think radios are going to work down here. Well, the, the, the people 
at the dig site, they'll have realized there's a cave-in, right? Like, yes. they, they couldn't have missed it. They have to, right? So they'll, they'll be looking for us. I'm going to look at Mars and see how many people uh, wonder, like, I, is there, like, a on her face how many people oh. know are here? She seems yeah. to be thinking. She seems to be thinking about it, and she's kind of weighing options, and she says they could notice, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to get us out. They could start shifting things and make it worse for us down here. And what what are we going to do in the meantime? Wait right here where whatever did that, and she points to Kane, knows exactly where we are. I, I take out the map and I point at it. We at least have some understanding of how this system works. We find somewhere we know is safe. We go a little deeper into the mine and we keep ourselves barred from whatever that thing is. Um, Connor speaks up at this point. He says, most caves have multiple entrances. Maybe we can find another. Maybe it takes us to the other damn side of the island, but maybe we can find another. Knowing that this cave wasn't formed naturally, would I know that there may or may not be another? I would say you would have no idea. Okay. Can I do a quick perimeter with that flashlight, realizing that while we're having this wonderful planning session that this thing is very well still in the same room as us? Sure, make a spot hidden roll. Oh, lovely. Um, With that little monster roll that they made earlier, I'd like to push it because I failed. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead. Um, and Iris, let's have you make that photography roll. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. I have a 33 critical success oh. under 70 for spotting this thing. Great. I almost fumbled. I got oh. a 95 <laughs> instead of a 96. <laughs> uh, I am going to, uh, I'll, I'll push it. <laughs> All right, go for it. Um, so we have a success for the tracking. We have a success for the photography. And we had a critical success for the searching. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all at the same time, I'm going to describe each thing and then everyone can react accordingly. Um, <laughs> all at the same time, Mr. Margrave, you kind of look at the wall where you saw this thing jump to. Um, and you see very, very large claw marks where whatever this was gripped into the rock before pushing off and leaping. So you kind of follow that over to Lieutenant Kane's body. Um, and from there, you're trying to search to figure out where this thing ended up after the body. Um, while this is happening, Iris looks down at the um, the photograph that was taken, you know, that had come out of the other side. It's, 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 you can see it now. You're looking at it, and with the flash and with the light beams and the different shadows, before I tell you what you see, I need you to make a sanity roll. Oh, no. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 47 under 60. Success. All right. Um, there's nothing in the photo. She's like, you don't see. 
You don't see anything but rock formations. Totally natural. She does the... Looks at it. Um, Dr. Clark. <laughs> as you are looking around, you kind of pass uh, Lieutenant Kane's body uh, where Mr. Margrave is standing. And then as you're passing back, Mr. Margrave notices the two little scratch marks in the ground that kind of resemble the one on the side of the wall, where it almost looks like this creature jumped again. And so you begin kind of looking up towards the walls. And at the same time, from two different sides, Mr. Margrave's flashlight beam and uh, Dr. Clark's flashlight beam both fall on a almost like hive-like hole in the wall where you see claw marks around it as if something crawled into it. It's probably about 15 feet up or so. Dr. Clark, Mr. McKay, you familiar with animals at all? Probably not in your distinction, uh, Mr. Margraves. I, I think this may be your category. Um, well, never seen something that can jump and go that fast like that. I've never seen anything of the like. If we can climb like that, we should probably get out of the open. I suggest we move very slowly back to a tunnel, at least for now. We need to watch above us. If it's moving through these cave systems, through some tunnels they've made their own, then they're watching from above. Do we spot any of those other holes in the ceiling, other places? Um, I will say looking around for a little while, you maybe find one more about 20 feet up or so, but keep in mind, you don't see the ceiling up here, right. down here. Mm, okay. Over here. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> God. <laughs> this goes on forever. Good, good, good. Uh, uh, I. I just want to put this out there, Carrie. Dr. Clark is going to be looking for any remnant of civilization in this tunnel throughout. Like, he's going to be using the, the flashlight on the walls to search for anything he might have some insight on as to what this was, whether people have been here before, all that good archaeologist bullshit. All right, noted. Um, I sort of like saying to the group and to myself, curious if this thing attacked us Perhaps we're in its territory. I just want to walk over to uh, Lieutenant Kane and kind of look at him and be like, normally animals kill prey to eat it. But that's not what he did with this one. And I'd like to look closer and like maybe, uh, I, pro I, I probably look towards the other uh, more educated people like, is there something? One of you uh, Brainier people, tell me, is there something wrong, something strange about how they killed Lieutenant Kane? Mr. Is... McKay, you have more of a, a background in this with your first aid knowledge. Do you uh, mind? I guess so. Sure, why not? I guess if no sure. one has medicine. Uh, so I'll uh, try to do a first aid to try to oh, figure I'll... out if there's anything, uh, if I can glean any information of, like, why it killed. Is it, like... 
you know, trying to make the distinction between like food, uh, this right, is like, right. stay out of my um, territory, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I will allow anyone that wants to to make a first aid roll. Just keep in mind it is first aid, so you may not get a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Um, I've got a natural world. Ooh. Okay. Um, I failed. That's not going to apply here. Okay. <laughs> Because it's not natural. <laughs> what you're saying? Yeah. Um, I got a, a 57 over 40, so I, I failed. I can't seem to. It's hard to gauge because getting a closer and better look after everything is settled, too, it is definitely, and especially with you seeing the tracks and seeing the strong, strong, long claw marks, these claws hooked into the collarbone and quite literally just ripped the collarbones out, uh, taking many pieces of the rib cage along with it. Um, cool. Uh, I, I feel like if, without actually getting information, he's just going to make an assumption. Uh, and he's going to be like, yes, it seems like it wasn't wasn't a food attack, but it was in a territory. I fear if we go deeper or whatever this animal as beast hails from the feeling we might be going into further danger the deeper we go but i don't think we have any choice sort of looks up towards the caved in stuff maybe it is human maybe it's those cultists like i was talking about in portland they've been down here long enough to go insane dr clark no human can move like that that's you... something I can be very sure of. You saw Matthews. Matthews was down here for, for less than a day, and that's what they turned him into in this darkness. Maybe it's just unleashed the inhibitions of the human mind. They've convinced themselves they've gone primal again. Right? Right? Sure. Iris will clock. To try to show the doctor the photo that she took, she says, "You you saw the flashlights on the thing. I took a photo, and she shows the photo. She's like, I there's but there's nothing. Maybe it's a maybe it's a vampire." <laughs> ah, come, it's probably just a trick of the lights. I'm. Scared animal, something. It's. I've seen cats do. Not. I've seen cats do horrible things. This is probably exactly what that is. How many cats have you seen hive in the ceilings, Mr. Margrave? Well, how many islands have you been on that have just appeared? Uh, strange things happen all the time. There's sorts of discoveries we haven't made. Uh, no point arguing about it. All we can do is try to find a way out of here. You're what right. say you, Miss Mars? Mars is nodding. She seems to actually be pretty shaken and can't really look at Kane anymore. Um, but you see like this hard exterior come over her face again and she starts looking um, in front of her and kind of walks over uh, to um, Clark, who has the map, correct? Yeah. Walks over to you and... and shines her flashlight at the map and she's like okay okay we have we have we have three tunnels 
She kind of points her flashlight over to Matthews, who is still just muttering in the fetal position. I don't know if he's going to be any help. I don't know what do you think. I, I, I think I can help. Um, I have I have a compass, so we could at least know what direction we're going. That that's the thing they always we always tell you when you're up in this when you're up in the sky is you have to trust your instruments. Even when you think that they've gone awry, they know things that you don't. Let me check my compass. Okay. What should I roll? Um, for this in particular, uh, is your navigate or your luck higher? Uh, let me check. Um, my luck is not as good as it once was. <laughs> um, I wonder how that happens. <laughs> my, my navigate um, is uh, decent. Okay, I will have you make a navigate roll then. Oh my god. That's one over. Oh, well, maybe you could spend. Oh yeah, no, right? fuck yeah. that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna roll. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna spend two luck, and we're gonna make that. We're gonna make that a pass. Like maybe I jiggle it a little bit in my hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as you're kind of studying your compass, you're getting a good grounding for where you are and as long as you keep checking this compass you'll be able to at least especially with dr clark's map help map out these cave systems as best as you can um a question for uh keeper um with the tunnels that they've mapped out so far from what they've already told us did they map out all of those those other tunnels? It was just the fourth one that they have, or was it like, oh, we both we know where these go, but we haven't reached the end yet? Yeah, as far as they the have three. mapped, they have three tunnels like started. They have not okay. reached the end for of them. They've basically like marked as far as they've gone, came back, went into another one, did the same thing. They've discovered three of these tunnels. Matthew says there's a fourth. As I know, Adam knows the, uh, the, the the story fun thing to do is to go find the fourth tunnel, um, but That's the other three seems the, the seem like the more safe route. But That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I, yeah. I think the fun part would be to go to the fourth one, and, and I, would, I would go up to Matthews and be like, listen, buddy, I don't need you to talk right now. I need you to point me in the direction of that fourth tunnel the one you said was there that they didn't believe you and i'm gonna look in his eyes and give you this say i'm believing you i want to know where that tunnel is at this point matthews stops the heavy breathing his face looks calm for a moment and he sits up and he turns his head slowly to look you directly in the eyes. He leans in a little bit closer and he says, do you know what happens to nails? And then he points, he points to the shadowy corner where the creature had jumped from. 
And then he just starts humming and he lays back down into the fetal position. Do I know what happens to this? I'm going to turn and look towards that corner again. I mean, at this point, would our eyes be getting used to the dark at this point or is it still you i mean you're as adjusted as you can be but you definitely it is dark down here yeah. okay yeah i mean is, is that's probably the corner that uh Earhart was probably looking near right correct okay. you're welcome to make a spot hidden roll for that corner if you'd like I'll definitely do that. Um, can I can I help um, McKay? Sure. I'm not entirely sure what help does. Yeah, I'd like would it just be able to like roll the twice? I guess. I, don't know. I know they have it some should, should sort of convention. It should give them an, another. Uh, oh, don't they call it like bonus or something like that? Or... Another what? It should give you another hundred die. Like oh. as if you were oh. like an a advantage bonus. sort of like thing. an advantage, yeah. so I could take one of the either one. Correct. Okay, well I'll take that one then. Uh, Thirty-two under my sixty. Yeah. Um, as you both head over, um, okay. you're able to see where the rocks are. It's very deceiving because it does kind of look like a wall. But as you get closer to it, you see that if you go over it, it does kind of, there's a bit of an incline. And it, it it's almost like a slide in a way that heads down. Well, seems like we should be going deeper into the belly of the beast, eh, McKay? Uh, it would seem so. Um... Mars pops up behind you and then turns and says, Connors. And Connors comes over and they're both looking down with you. This like is... We, sorry. This is how it got in here, right? It climbed up here? That's how it's moving so quick through the tunnels? Like the hives we saw on the ceiling. It's possible. Um, we still have those ropes, right, Mr... Uh, right, Monty? We, have, we still have the rope? Yes, uh, that is correct. Sir. Is there a place to tie off a rope to this to here and maybe throw go with it down that slide there are oh, plenty oh, of so boulders. it's like a it, it's like a slide not just like a slanted yeah. tunnel oh yeah. balls great uh <laughs> damn yeah if we go down this slide it's like we're we're going down the slide this is a decision yeah we're doing. you're not yeah. coming back unless you you know, are working really hard to uh, I, did, I I'm trying to find an actual like in-game reason to go down the scary tunnel, and I'm I. <laughs> we could send Matthews. He's useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Does it smell like fresh air down there? <laughs> um, Listen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if this thing is hunting as it usually does, it expects something to come through the front door, down these tunnels where it took the first team. But if we're moving through its tunnels, is it going to see that coming? Ooh, I feel like I would definitely have knowledge on this. Do you want me to roll or what I just like already know? Kind of like the best course to like throw off uh, an animal, a beast's game. 
Hmm. I will say, from your natural experiences that you have had, um, if something is hunting you, it's hunting you. There's nothing we really we can do about that. You would know, perhaps, being in its own turf would be a little more dangerous, but it's you like get the, the feeling that this whole cave is probably its own turf. Okay. I will relay that. You'll be like, well, whether we like it or not, the hunt is on. So, we can either wait for it to come back, or we can go and headed straight on. <laughs> As I sort of like cock the, uh, the elephant gun. Uh, what say you all? Would you prefer dying here or dying in there? Mars says, "I we can't stay here. I can't stay here. I have to move. But the smart thing to do would definitely be that rope that you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least it gives us I mean, I don't know what we're going to do once we get down there. Listen, let's scout it out first. We take one of our smallest, we send them down on rope. We are holding as powerful as we can. And then once they're down there, I'm trying to not look at <laughs> VJ right now. Uh, <laughs> once they're down there, uh, they can see the location see if it's of any danger as best we can and if anything happens we pull as hard as we can get them back up here once they've relayed that it's safe enough we all go down seems like a good idea who has the i know that my build is negative one so i am technically the smallest i think am i smaller than arabelle negative one my my size is uh, 45. Mine's 40. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> 40 strength and 40 size. There we go. <laughs> wait, wait, how, what about Annie? She's kind of smaller, right? You say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Nicole says absolutely not. Oh, okay. Just a just a thought. I just and then wanted to put it out there. She starts going over whoever is holding the rope with the rope idea. She'll start tying it around her waist, and she'll say, "I'll go." Wait, Mars. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll check it out. I'm the reason you're all down here, and she starts tying it to her waist. I'm trying to figure out how the thing. F- found us to try to uh, like I, I know it's impossible for me to know this but it's like if it's like smell uh, probably not sight because I mean it's super dark well I mean I guess we did have a bunch of lights but like smell sight uh, hearing something echolocation like yeah something like Ear. that uh, yeah I like, would say you would have no clue God, yeah. at this time at least no clue <laughs> maybe yeah. it's through the weird rocks yeah. we've never seen before. It could be like vibrations in the rear weird rock that I've never even seen in my life. Yeah, on this weird forbidden island that Carrie has trapped us on. I'm sure uh, we're going to run into a Dr. Moreau of some sort. Who will eat us and it'll be the end. Yes. 
Damn it. I have to rewrite. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mama bird pushing us out of the nest again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Mars is going to, if someone is securing this rope, she's going to crawl over this rock formation and slide down. Uh, was... Sorry. Yeah, I think I'll secure the rope uh, to a boulder of some sort that I know will hold her her and everybody else's weight. Easy enough. I'll, I'll um, be holding onto the rope even though it's still tied on and I would also like or, or at least recommend throwing a flare down at the bottom first. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, she I, also you see her like before she climbs down hug Annie and then um, turn and uh, heeding your advice lights a flare and I'm going to keep my eyes on that hive we found and I'm going to continue watching the walls, not only for killer Dr. Moreau's that Carrie's going to throw at us, but also at the, uh, just again, searching for any remnant of civilization. But I'm trying to make sure we're watching our backs while we're dying in the tunnel. All right. Good eye, Dr. Clark. Good eye. Uh, the flare slides down and it's not too far of a slide before you hear it hit the bottom. Uh, you can no longer see the flare. You can kind of see the light of the flare, but you can't see the flare anymore. And Mars takes a breath, climbs in, sits down, and you kind of hear her shoes kind of scuffing against the slide as she's trying to control her speed, um, sliding down to the bottom of this tunnel. Um, you hear a couple of crunches of her footsteps. Uh, is anyone looking down? Like, are you watching the tunnel? Yeah, uh, you fun. kind of see her head kind of pop back up as she peeks around and she's like, it's just a tunnel. It just goes further. Uh, you did hear, feel, smell anything different? No, it's all the same. It's all dark and terrifying. Well, I guess the only thing we can do is the best way to, I, I'm, I'm assuming to get out of a tunnel is at least to commit to one path for as long as we can. So. How long was the rope? Um, which rope was this? It was one of the, from the bags that. From the rope bags? Yeah. Um, this rope was pretty long. There's a lot of slack to it right now though too. You have it tied to that boulder and everything. This rope itself is probably like a hundred feet. So she went, what, like 50 feet without? Not even. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'd like to turn to the group and just sort of, kind of, uh, sort of set the game plan of what exactly is happening. It's like, all right, so this is what we're dealing with at this point in time. We're supposed to be exploring with the problem that was down here. We got attacked. Cave-in is blocking our exit. Someone's dead, and the only thing we can do is, I guess, try to find a way out. So, at least we found that this tunnel is safe enough for now. I vote that we stick to one tunnel until we find a dead end. How does everyone else feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Always open to new ideas. I've, <laughs> I've spent a little bit of time underground in caves, but mostly the savannah and the jungles is where I have most of my experience. Uh, this is a bit out of north. The, the, the tunnel slide seems pretty fun, at least. We could hold hands or not. Sure. Um. I I agree. We've got to keep moving. We have to stay alive. There's something else we have to consider. We were sent here. Yes. Not just by Mars Corp, but by those people in, in Boston. These coordinates specifically sent to a cave system. There must be something in here. Especially with whatever that is that's hunting us. Correct. If we can find whatever it is that they had down here, then maybe we have a solution to why it's happening to us. Yes, very true. Hmm. So if our point... big game hunter can keep us safe, <laughs> and the rest of us can look for whatever is the solution to all this... There's got to be some sort of reasoning for all of this. Yes. What, but what to do with Matthews? Yeah, um, Connors at this point walks over and says, I don't know if this is a solution, but, and he's holding uh, Lieutenant Kane's sidearm. Um, kind of holding it out in case anyone wants to take it. I don't know if bullets are the answer here, but if it's a rock or that thing, I think I'd choose a rock. So, um, I look at Dr. Clark and I say, do you have any experience with firearms? I shot skeet one semester. I occasionally go hunting with my father-in-law. No, I, I don't have any understanding of what this is. This would be the first time I've ever ran into a situation where I needed one. I trust... Um, I'm... I'm unarmed. Um, I, I'll, I'll take it. Do you know Do you... how to use it? Yes, of course. Do we, do we have an insight skill? <laughs> yes, Everybody's can like... I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I? Psychology. I, yeah. Nick, oh, right. Nick especially is like, this is the one who talked about like going on the adventure that she wrote. So, like, I don't know if I want to give her this gun. Um, and that is just because if she's saying she has it and she doesn't have it, this could be very dangerous for the rest of the group. Think of the book, though. Arabella Earhart and the Magical 9mm. Like I know! I know! <laughs> it's, it's That's what she's writing if she makes it I out. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just want to know if, is there like a, a, a way that I can check that from like do you, if, do you have psychology yes very Ooh. low psychology i have a 10. it would be I have mean, to be a, like an amazing role in order to shot. get yeah can i help uh and, and my reasoning for this is you know dealing with guns a lot myself uh just sort of like knowing like how to handle them and you're know, sort of like uh, you kind of see like the uh the bearing of someone who kind of at least 
knows how to handle one. Anyway. Okay, so here we go. With this help, I'm going to, because um, Connors would also be right. kind of sizing. Oh, right, 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 right. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a 30% bonus to this. So, like, whatever I get, I can subtract 30. Correct. Okay. And I only just one roll, one straight roll? Yeah. Okay. Because you have multiple people highly trained with weapons. Honestly, I hope we fail. (laughs) (laughs) So, I got a 56 minus 30, which is a 26. Which fails, my, correct? Yeah, it's fails. Oh, oh my god, just spends the luck. Yeah, so I here, could, I could, could handle himself. <laughs> when Arabella says that, I'm gonna say she reaches out and grabs the gun, and this check was for everyone looking to see how she's handling it, and I'm just gonna say she grabs it and kind of tucks it to her side too quickly for anyone to get a bead on exactly how skilled or unskilled she is. This is awesome. I love it. Um, Good last. Good last. Mars kind of talks up the tunnel. What are we doing with Matthews? That's a good question. Yeah, Connors looks over. Matthews is still just sitting there, kind of shaking his head, fetal position in the corner. Respectfully, I don't even see how it's a conversation. I know that he's indisposed, but we need to bring him with us. I can't have his death on my conscience. <laughs> I'm like looking at the rope and I, and I look back at you. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason. So uh, you're tying him up and sent taking oh. him with you? Or is that what you're saying, no, Monty? My, my, my reasoning was like, if we leave him behind, he might cut the rope. Oh, uh, okay. so I, was like, I was like, yes, of course, we should definitely bring him. I don't want our death <laughs> on our conscience. Uh, I was just sort of tagging on to what uh, Dr. Yeah. Clark said. <laughs> but for different reasons. All right, okay. so um, I will say, uh, I will say you can work together to get Matthews down this tunnel. Uh, but once he is down, um, there will need to be at least one person constantly uh, helping him along. Mm-hmm. Um, is anyone volunteering for that position? Nope. Yeah, I'll... Is. <laughs> um, yeah, if Connors wants to help me, that'd be even greater. But I'm unarmed anyways. It just makes sense for me to keep him with me. Yeah, I think Connors is kind of taking point here. Uh, as much as he does not want to fire a weapon. He knows what you are, I mean, vaguely what you are in here with, and he's going to have all attention on his firearms at the moment. Well, then I'll try and keep myself, Matthews and Mars close together as we're sort of the the ones who can't really fight back if things go down. And actually, as, as you all gather, I assume we're all heading down the slide. Yes. And as you're all gathering up here in the light, like the red light of the flare, um, you do see Connors take his own firearm or his own sidearm and hand it to Mars and Mars does take it and um, while she does not seem to like guns she seems very well trained Um, so she does have a weapon as well and uh, I'll say Annie will probably help you with Oh, Annie, I totally forgot about Annie. Is, yeah, I'm going to keep Annie close, too. That's yeah, Annie mess. will help you with 
Matthews the best that she can. Okay. Um, um, as we're going down, I'd like to ask Mars some questions. As we're kind of like, you know, the the long time of like one person mm-hmm. going down at a time is like, Miss Mars, I have a question about this, uh, those strange events that happened nine months ago. Is there any, okay. any other information that you can give us? Any other reason you might be holding out anything important that might be useful right about now? She turns, like, to face you directly, and she says, Mr. Margrave, what sense would it be to hold any sort of information from you right now? We are all in the same boat here. I don't know. It's just a bit strange, this whole thing. I just wanted to make sure. That's all. Unfortunately, we're all clueless and fucked. Yes. Fucked indeed! And I uh, turn around. <laughs> uh, wait for everyone to go. Uh, get down. Um, you head down these tunnels for a little while, and you're keeping an eye out. Your um, weapons are drawn, if you so wish. And after, after a little while, you're not quite sure how much time has passed, but you hear a voice come from the tunnel behind you. Uh, It is Lieutenant Kane's voice. And you hear him say, Hello? Over here. Hello? Who's saying that? I say to the group. Yeah, Mars, like, looks around at everybody like, you fucking heard that, right? And Connor's like, Kind of stage whispers. Um, was that Lieutenant Kane? It sounded just like him. There's no way he had no collarbone. Hello? Come over here. Everyone keep moving. Uh, I'm going to stay at the back of the party as we're still moving forward and just be looking back with my flashlight. Like, sort of like... Uh, walking backwards, basically, at the back of the group. Okay. Um, I am going to have Margrave make a spot hidden roll for me. <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> uh, oh, I think I definitely got it. Uh, that is a, a 34 under 75, so that's a hard, hard success. Okay, so you say, I I think we should keep moving. And as the group is kind of beginning to shuffle on again, you're looking back. It is so dark and and your light only stretches so far. You hear one last, hello. And then you hear, and right coming into your light, you see a figure sprinting towards you, just hard sprint as fast as whatever this thing can. You are not even able to get a good look at it, just sprinting. 